Welcome to Digging In. This is Eric Bull, Director of Public Affairs for Missouri Farm Bureau. This week in Jefferson City, we had enormous news with the governor announcing his resignation, and Governor Lieutenant Governor Parson is going to be stepping into that role. He's a great friend to agriculture. We're going to talk to BJ Tanksley about that. We're also going to talk about the update on the trade situation with Spencer Tuma. So let's get started. BJ Tanksley is our Director of State Legislative Programs, and BJ, we have had a very eventful week here in uh, Jeff City with the uh, announcement just the other day that Governor Greitens is going to be ending his term and, and stepping down on Friday. Uh, then be, he'll be followed in by Lieutenant Governor Parson, Mike Parson, from Bolivar area. Um, how do you think that that's going to end up affecting uh, Farm Bureau's uh, priorities? Yeah, like you said, we've been uh, dealing with this kind of as the rumor mill and the background for, well, most of the session from about January till now. Um, and didn't really know what was going to happen. But as you said, we've kind of come to a conclusion at this point. Uh, sounds like Friday we'll have kind of a change of power in the state capitol with uh, Lieutenant Governor and, and now to Governor-to-be Parson taking over. Um, as far as a change in our program, I don't know that we see a whole lot. You know, this past week um, with the dissolving of the special legislative session, uh, we did see House and Senate leadership sign all the bills that they had truly agreed. So we saw that as kind of a procedural thing that normally happens throughout the session. Um, they had held those back until um, they got to the conclusion. Uh, with that conclusion coming, now those things will all be sent to the governor, uh, the governor's office, which now will be Governor Parson to decide um, whether to sign, veto, or let become law without his signature um, by mid-July. So he'll have a couple months here, and there actually will be some work to be done to be able to consider those bills that were passed by the legislature. I do know the House and Senate leadership met with him last um, yesterday, um, and I'm sure that that was part of the discussion was here's kind of some of those things that he needs to be looking for, maybe looking out for, um, and some of the uh, priority legislation that was passed by them and um, how he may deal with that stuff. So we will actually see some legislative action out of the governor here pretty quickly. Um, as far as working with Farm Bureau, you know, Farm Bureau couldn't be in a whole lot better place um, to have a governor who's actively involved in farming. You know, the story is he was at the farm when he got the call that it was time to come back to the Capitol. And he has always been a strong supporter of agriculture from his time uh, back home to working in the in the Missouri House to the, in the Missouri Senate. He was obviously an agriculture leader at that point. Uh, he helped pass the Right to Farm Amendment, um, get it through the legislature, uh, and then campaigned hard for it um, when that was going on. So we really have always appreciated the work of, of soon-to-be Governor Parson, and we look forward to working with him. I do think there'll be some great opportunities. You know, um, Governor Greitens made a lot of Missouri Farm Bureau priorities, some of his priorities also. Sure. I'm not saying that was just because of us, but a lot of our priorities were his as well, uh, with um, broadband being probably top of that list, uh, where he was interested in bringing um, broadband to as many Missourians as possible. Uh, and we look forward to working with Governor Parson on that same front. Um, obviously, the agriculture issues, we uh, will continue to work with Governor Parson on those things and, and look forward to working with him on some of those other issues we work on as well. Uh, he's always been a great supporter. So like I said, I, I don't think we could end up in a whole lot better position to have an active farmer in the governor's office. Um, like you said, the uh, the circumstances are, are unfortunate, yeah. um, but we look forward to uh, to working with Governor Parson. I know we've had a continual conversation since he became lieutenant governor. Uh, you know, Missouri Farm Bureau members supported him in, in his 
election back in uh, in 2016. We didn't take an official position, but we were supportive of him um, and helped out with some of those things and uh, really look forward to working for, with him in the governor's office. I know he's got a lot of work on his plate, but uh, we look forward to those opportunities. Yeah, he does seem like you couldn't, like you say, have a better friend uh, to agriculture. I remember back when Governor Parson, uh, uh, Governor Greitens and Lieutenant Governor Parson were campaigning together back in 2016 they they were out in rural areas i was at several of their events um in some of the rural areas of southeast missouri and they would overtly say uh, governor greitens well, candidate greitens at the time overtly said look i don't come from an agricultural area but he does and we'll be a team and he'll he'll know the agricultural um, policy and the issues that are important to rural missouri and i'll uh, i'll work with him on those and let him kind of take the lead and now to have him stepping into the, the shoes of the governor, into that role, uh, well, we really ended up having a, a very fortunate result as far as what where his background is from. I think that that will be um, a very positive thing. Although, like you say, things have been pr- uh, pretty good over the past um, year and a half. I think that Governor Greitens has... He did a pretty solid job on the issues that we care about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, on both fronts there. there's no, It should not be lost that Governor Greitens did a lot of good things for rural Missouri and agriculture as well. Put a great team at the Missouri Department of Agriculture with uh, Director Chin and her Deputy Director Garrett Hawkins, obviously, have close ties to Missouri Farm Bureau. Um, and they've done a great job mm-hmm. shepherding the department through some good times and some tough times. You know, they took the department a little bit different direction, but not everything's been easy there, uh, where we've seen some issues come up and, and and they've done a great job shepherding the department through those issues. Um, so we look forward to continuing to work with them. But like you said, there's been some great work from, and also paying off the biodiesel incentive fund. Mm-hmm. Um, that should not be shortchanged. That was a big move by the governor to get that done. It's mm-hmm. a long-term debt that the, the uh, state had promised those folks, and we appreciate him getting that done through his time in office. He was always a good supporter of agriculture, and we expect the same from uh, soon-to-be Governor Parson, um, and look forward to working with him. I think there's a lot of great opportunities there as well, like you said. Um, Governor Parson always put himself in that I, I want to be the friend to ag inside of this whole administration mm-hmm. um, and we look forward to having him continue to be in the administration in a great leadership role so yeah well and speaking of some of those tough times that the department has been through uh, one of those is about to come back around or is currently starting to, to flare up a little bit um, last year and the year before we had some enormous uh, difficulties with the pesticide usage of um, dicamba re- with uh, some of the new dicamba-tolerant um, gene traits that have come out on the market. Um, that time of year that all of that uh, really happens is right now, and over the next 10 days or so, the next week and a half, we're going to be seeing the uh, end of that uh, window come and close. So what do you uh, what have you seen that the department is, is working on, and uh, what are the What's the outlook looking like for this year? Yeah, um, well, I guess fortunately or unfortunately, you and I both were in the boot hill for the beginning of all of this. <laughs> you know, it was a rough time. Yeah, it was an interesting time. I was a regional coordinator for Farm Bureau down there, and and saw firsthand when these issues first started to come up. And like you said, we're getting to that window of application time. I, I think uh, if you look back in history, uh, around June 20th, something in that area, was when we really started to see the number of complaints of off-target damage start to come through, which I know this gets kind of in the weeds, but um, 
But if you look back, that's a 10-day period after application. So you're looking at like June 10th application for June 20th noticing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, we're right there in that window at this point where people are doing post-emergent applications of new technologies. uh, And we hope they are. Uh, And I guess the reminder we would want to have for everybody is just make sure you're being on label and being cautious as possible. You know, these new technologies, they're great. They're very effective at what they're there to do. Um, But we have seen some off-target movement. Not all of that do we know where it came from. We all just want to make sure that we're staying on target. I know the department has done everything they can to protect the use of the technology while protecting farmers' ability to choose what they want to grow, that you're not having to choose one seed over the other um, for a defensive measure or something Mm -hmm. like that. So we want to make sure that we're protecting all farmers here the farmer's ability to choose the product they want to plant and use. Um, so we would just urge everyone to uh, to stay on label and make sure they're being careful out there in these next few weeks. You know, um, we're coming up on the deadline. I believe it's June 10th is the deadline for application with those new products even. And I know the department would like to be able to open that up. So if we have a successful growing year, maybe we'll be able to ease some of those through the time. I know the department wants to be sure to protect those um those technologies, but also at the same time having to protect the farmers. So if we have a good year, maybe we'll see those um, loosen and see more time for application. But we have to make sure this year, as we face this year, that we're being um, as safe as we can and being sure that we're following those labels closely uh, so that we're protecting our neighbor, we're watching out for each other, but also protecting um, the ability to continue to use these technologies. You know, there's a lot of exciting technology out there, more and more coming every year. Um, and we want to make sure that we always are showing that farmers are the good stewards of the land mm-hmm. and that we're looking out for our neighbors as well. So. Yeah, and uh, you make a great point there that it's not just about dicamba. This is about the process of bringing future technologies on the market as well and what the next, not not even just the next thing, but the next five things down the road, how they'll be treated will be affected by how we um, handle this one. And we have been working with the department and a bunch of other ag groups to try to remind people to do their part. Everybody has a part to play in this. Um, and everyone uh, has a part that they can do to make the uh, make the application safer and keep your keep your application on target. Uh, there's some resources that we're helping to roll out with the department as well. They have a, a great website that has good information in case you're just not a hundred percent sure what you ought to do. You can always ask an extension specialist or Uh, call the department and they'd be happy to help you out and make sure that you're doing things the way that you want to do them. So that's exactly right. And I think that's a good point. You know, uh, most of us, most people involved in agriculture have been doing it for years. Their parents have done it, you know, it was handed down to them, that kind of thing. So everybody assumes, well, we know what we're doing. Well, this would be a good time just to take a pause, make sure you read over that label one more time, make sure we're following it by the letter so that we're protecting our neighbors and our ability to continue to bring good products. And I don't think it should be lost that um, the consumers are watching. They're paying attention to what we're doing here, and we want to make sure that we're always putting that best foot forward. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to take a second to double check. Yep, that's right. Um, So we also were uh, very successful this year at uh, a program that you got started at the beginning of this legislative session that we're calling Capital Connection bringing some members of our um, uh, of Farm Bureau to the Capitol to speak directly to their legislators. How did uh, you feel like that program went? Yeah, I want to take a minute to thank all of our members who did come. I know not everybody's able to. Uh, it's not your typical day. Uh, let's take a Tuesday or Wednesday out of our week and come up to the Capitol and spend some time. But we had over 70 members come to the Capitol this year. This was our first year doing it. I felt like it was a great success. Um, bringing our members to the Capitol and sharing their message for why these issues mattered to them. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about ag issues, broadband, transportation. 
um, the, the, the issues our members have brought to us, and I really felt like it was a great, great opportunity. Like I said, we had over 70 of our members come, um, and we made over 130 legislative visits. Now, that's in addition to our normal legislative day where we visited with pretty much everyone in the Capitol, but we made those face-to-face visits, or they did, and it was just a great, it was a great program, and I look forward to doing it next year. Obviously, we'll probably make some tweaks, um, but I can't thank our members enough who took the time out of their week to come up and visit. I know it made a personal impact on the issue we were working on, mm-hmm. you know, the next day or the next week when I saw legislators that I knew our people had visited with, the conversations were just easier mm-hmm. um, because they knew it wasn't just B.J. Tanksley or Farm Bureau, the building out here on the outskirts of town, but that it was those members back home that we're representing, that our members actually do care about the issues we're working on. Um, there's a lot of voices in the Capitol that are working for one issue or another, um, but to be able to make that connection to the actual people that it affects a- and has an impact on uh, was huge. So I want to thank all of our members. I do think it was a great program. Uh, we'll look to make a few changes, um, but I do think, I hope our members enjoyed it as much as we appreciated them coming because uh, we can't thank them enough. It was a huge impact on the things we do. Very good. Well, we had a very successful year at the Capitol, so I'm sure that that played a large part in it. So it did, no hopefully doubt. Hopefully next year we'll be able to make it even better. Yeah. Good deal. Well, appreciate you talking to us. Look forward to Circling back next week and seeing how the new governor is doing. Yeah, I uh, I hear that uh, early June he will be addressing the House and the Senate together. Um, so we'll be hitting the ground running and seeing uh, seeing what Governor Parson has to has to look forward to. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Spencer Tuma is our director of national legislative programs and. Spencer, I was out the last couple of weeks. I appreciate you sitting in and uh, taking over the show for us. And I really uh, was worried that I was going to be losing my job. Well, I don't (laughs) think you had to worry about that. I have to tell all our listeners, sitting in the host chair is a lot harder than it appears (laughs) to be from the Uh, outside looking in. But we had a good time, I think. Well, I appreciate you taking the the reins there. That was very helpful. No problem. Um, And we have had a few developments happen since, uh, since I was last here and since you last spoke. Uh, with especially with trade, mm-hmm. we had we've kind of gone on a roller coaster ride over the past couple of weeks, and so we had um, a, a couple. I think it was about a week and a half, two weeks ago, that uh, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin said that the trade war with China was on pause or on hold yes. or something like that. Um, only to have the president then come out and say that, no, it's really not. Um, so where are we with that right now? Yeah, so uh, you use the word roller coaster, and I would completely agree that that's a very accurate way to describe the trade situation with China at this point. So like you said, about a week and a half ago, uh, Steve Mnuchin stated that they were working through the situation with China and that the trade war was going to be put on hold so they could work through those negotiations and hopefully avoid any additional tariffs on U.S agricultural products. Part of that statement also was that they were actually hopeful that the Chinese government would purchase more agricultural Mm -hmm. commodities from the U.S. Um, So we were very pleased to see that statement. However, yesterday uh, we did see a statement from the Trump administration um, saying that they were going to go ahead and move forward with the $50 billion worth of proposed tariffs on Chinese goods. And from what I understand, that's mostly going to be uh, targeted towards industrial technology goods by the Chinese, although that list has not been released yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, the situation with China is very precarious at this point. We had threatened these tariffs, and they in turn threatened tariffs on U.S. agricultural products, including soybeans, beef, uh, sorghum, cotton, 
And um, this kind of puts all of that back on the table. So Mm -hmm. we're as happy as we were last week to see the messaging coming out of the administration. I think uh, yesterday has caused some trepidation maybe in the ag industry. And how much do you think that this is just another hardball tactic versus the actual final thing? I wouldn't want to speculate on what the president's negotiating strategy is. I, You know, I will say the president has a very different negotiating strategy <laughs> than any other administration we've frankly ever seen. Um, and I think sometimes that will work to our advantage as a country. Um, but other times it can cause a lot of uncertainty, especially mm-hmm. for those who might be directly impacted. So, like I said, I wouldn't want to speculate on whether or not this is just just another strategic move. Um, But I think overall, um, I would hope that the administration has the best interests of the United States in mind, of course, and um, that what the solution ultimately becomes will be beneficial to farmers and ranchers. Yeah, the president himself has described uh, his negotiating strategies that saying that it's a positive to be unpredictable because you don't want them to know what you're going to, where you're going to end up and what you're going to do. And like you say, that can be a, a really a really good strategy, but it also can scare your friends a lot uh, as they go through the process because they they also don't know where it's going to end up. So yeah, absolutely. I think the the president tries to, from what I've seen, he really tries to negotiate deals with a lot of leverage and Mm -hmm. where he is always negotiating with the upper hand. Mm -hmm. Um, And we saw that recently, not really ag related, but of course, national security related uh, with North Korea. So the president and the North Korean government had agreed to a summit. then the U.S. said no deal, and the North Korean government in turn has come back and said, basically, we'll do whatever it takes to mm-hmm. make this happen. So now, you know, the administration in that situation, you know, feels like they have the upper hand and they've come back to the table. So mm-hmm. um, I think that is one thing that we've seen with this administration that that is a little bit more predictable than unpredictable That's as true. far as strategy. Yeah, it'll shake it up um, if it starts to look like the other side's starting to... Uh, to gain some upper mm-hmm. hand, he'll he'll then do something like this to um, shake the whole situation again and and re reshuffle the the power structure. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Well, um, also you've been working on some some more work, as you always say. Every week we talk about broadband. We do. So what are we uh, doing this week with broadband? Well, the the broadband street continues. Actually, this week Congress is out uh, for their monthly district work period. Um, So they were out over the Memorial Day weekend for the long weekend, and then they've continued their work in the district this week. So we've had several opportunities for our members to engage with our members of Congress and our senators. Uh, Yesterday, I know our Vice President Todd Hayes attended a roundtable with Senator Blunt to talk about the impacts of the new tax reform legislation that went through late last year. And actually today I had the opportunity to visit with Congressman Sam Graves to talk about broadband issues in northern Missouri. Now that meeting was at Rawls County Electric Cooperative. And that is the one of the first electric cooperatives, of course, in the United States and of course in Missouri to actually hang broadband fiber onto their existing infrastructure. So mm-hmm. it was a very fitting venue to have that discussion Congressman Graves uh, has been on the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee in the House for a very long time, and we're hopeful that, you know, maybe not this legislative year, but maybe next year, we'll be able to see a large infrastructure package moving through Congress. So it's really a good opportunity to touch base with him to talk about the needs of rural Missouri and how we might be able to utilize that infrastructure legislation to bring needed growth to that industry in our state and in others. Yeah, and it is hard to overstate how important it is to have Congressman Graves involved in this because he, like you say, is 
one of the the very most senior members of that uh, transportation infrastructure mm-hmm. committee. Plus, he has I think it's thirty five or thirty six counties or something in northern Missouri. It's several. Yes. Yeah, it's a huge area, and so he really understands the uh, the importance of this to not just um, the the rest of the country, but his district, his home. It really affects him and his his friends and neighbors and constituents very, very directly. So that's a good partner to have. Yeah, absolutely. And we appreciate his leadership, not only on broadband, of course, as part of the infrastructure plan, but on things such as roads and bridges. I know we've talked a lot about transportation at the state level Mm -hmm. in the past several episodes. The issue with transportation funding around our state and across our nation is not one that's only going to be solved at the state level or at the local level. It's going to take the federal level as well. Um, Now, that might take a little longer than some of us might like, but we're hopeful that those negotiations continue to be ongoing and that that will ultimately benefit rural Missouri. Right. Absolutely. Uh, One other item that we have coming up is our uh, open hearing, which Mm -hmm. kind of kicks off our policy development process. Where are we with that? So the countdown is on. We are two weeks from open hearing, which means our state resolutions committee is gearing up to come to the home office. We're really looking forward to the discussions our committee will have this year. We're going to hear from several agency officials and other interest groups to talk about issues that are important to their organizations, but also important to Missouri agriculture and rural Missouri as a whole. Uh, That meeting will take place June 12th and 13th. It'll be over two days. Um, And we're looking forward to seeing the policy development questionnaire, which will be printed in Show Me magazine that the committee will come up with. Great. Well, I know that's a lot of work to get ready for, so I appreciate you stopping by and, and talking with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. All right. Sounds good. See you then. Thanks for listening again this week. Look forward to talking to you next week with the new governor being sworn in and to learn what's going on with the Senate and the Farm Bill as they start to actually get some traction on that side of the Capitol. So thank you again for listening. We'll talk to you next week.